Fury. Oh, we're starting? Yeah. Welcome to the Nerd Fury <laughs> Podcast. I'm Jim Lovecheck. He's Dan Granado. What's T- up, everybody? Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about creepy folk tales, fairy tales, urban legends. Hopefully, we're going to tell you some. We're also going to tell you some superstitions that we that we discovered. Yeah, uh, a couple of times in with my uh, heritage, I'm Italian, so there's going to be a quite a bit of stuff from a lot of plumbers heritage. in his in his family tree. Um, we're gonna and I'm hopefully we're gonna be telling you some fairy tales and superstitions you never heard of before because I know I haven't heard of a lot of these. I probably haven't either. Okay, and and just a little FYI, hopefully this one worked because this is the second time we're recording this. That's true. We had our mics on and everything because we've forgotten before to turn on our mics. <laughs> yes, we have, <laughs> and plug everything in. So this time, hopefully the sound works. But uh, I'm gonna start off with a folk tale that I found. From as far east as Eastern Europe gets, it's a Russian folktale. Australia. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not Europe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it took us five episodes to really figure out the how oh my much of an God. idiot I am. Anywho, it's a Russian, <laughs> it's a Russian folktale, and if you've ever seen any of the John Wick movies, you may recognize the name. The name is called Baba Yaga. Ooh, isn't he like the like the Ur- Russian like boogeyman? Basically, that's what they say in John Wick, yeah. but it's not the boogeyman like you think of it. This Baba Yaga is. I've seen a couple in my research, a couple stories. Some of them say that, that there are three crones. Like the fates from Greek mythology, but okay. the one that I found that was the most interesting was she's just an old lady who lives in the woods. Oh, she flies around in a mortar and pestle. Oh, but Bobby Yaga is actually a woman. She's a woman. She's a witch. She's a witch. She's okay. a witch. Um, I believe it. Tra- her name translates to like skinny snake or something like Ooh. that. Like it's it's her name doesn't directly translate because it's like a bunch of slang from two thousand years ago, all mishmashed together. Right. So um, she's really interesting. So, I got two stories here where one where she helps somebody and one where she tries to eat people. So, uh, (laughs) the first one, she usually dwells deep in the forest in a hut that stands on chicken legs. So, the the hut moves. Okay. House moving castle. The house moves. But I mean, she has like a gated area. Yeah, but it can it, she can move it from place to place because yes. it has legs. It's a and living thing. It, yeah, and it's it's weird. It's like it's almost conscious and like serves her because oh. in the in the story that I have here, um, this woman's wicked stepmother sends her to Baba Yaga's hut. She goes to go through Baba Yaga's gate. She sees it's creaky. She oils it. She walks in through the gate. The house turns. And looks at her, and then sits Whoa. on its haunches. Can you imagine somebody's house looking at you? Yeah, imagine being like the Amazon like delivery guy coming up, and it, he was like, "You know what? I'll just drop it here." And then the FedEx guy's like, "Hey, Baba." She's yeah, like, she's like, "Hey, Greg." Just throws it like it's fucking <laughs> juicy steak. And the, the house just opens up the door and lets it fall <laughs> <laughs> it right in. <laughs> <laughs> did you get a signature no i didn't get a signature <laughs> did you see this fucking house <laughs> yeah so she goes in there she runs into like a farmhand who's working with baba yaga she gives that who's who is crying and she consoles that person then she goes inside baba yaga's hut 
and a cat walks up to her and starts talking to her. And she feeds the cat cheese. And then the cat's like, oh, thanks for being so nice. BT dubs, Baba Yaga's going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, Baba okay. Yaga, after introducing herself to her, is like, hang on, I'll be right back. And she starts preparing what I'm assuming is a human-sized cauldron full of boiling water to throw this girl into. Right. So the girl goes to leave. And Baba Yaga doesn't want her to leave because she wants to eat her. Every piece of Baba Yaga's property that the little girl help, helps start helping her escape. So before she left initially, the cat gave her gave her a blanket. Okay. And so she's leaving, and she's running, and Baba Yaga's chasing her with her mortar and pestle. So she's flying around a big wooden cup wielding a baseball bat, chasing this chick. Like, hey, get back here. I got soup on. And you forgot your vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And so this, this, um, this girl takes the rug or blanket, whatever, and throws it, and it turns into a river, and Baba Yaga can't cross moving water because that's that's reoccurring in folktale for some reason. Like yeah. moving water fucks with magic or something like that. So what I think it's because like water usually cleans, cones, purifies. Well, yeah, it, it's a naturally a purifier and goes. You could go to biblical, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, water yeah, is yeah. technically yeah, like yeah, you I could guess. say it's holy water. I, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's another way you uh, in the old lore how you could kill Dracula. You yeah, put him under running water. Mm-hmm. So she calls her cows to come and drink up <laughs> the river and then keeps chasing the girl until she leaves the forest. So in that in that instance, she's obviously a bad character, right? Yeah, okay. So then in a second story, another young girl gets told by her wicked stepmother, hey, go find me this skull lamp. And she's like, I don't know how I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah, I she go- kill somebody? Yeah, or? she goes into the forest, runs into Baba Yaga, who gives her a bunch of like, Really, really hard tasks. She doesn't think she's going to accomplish it. She's like, hey, if you do this for me, I'll get you that skull lamp. If you don't, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> so, oh, um, I don't know. I don't know. But It's a, it's a tosser. Yeah. She, so she, the, the young woman, or I think I would have to say she's a young woman. Who knows? She could be 13. Who the hell knows in these stories. And so she completes the task. Baba Yaga gives her the skull lamp. Okay. So she takes it home to her wicked stepmother. And she goes, hey, I got the, the lamp you asked, and the lamp sets the wicked stepmother on fire and kills her oh and then the mom co- the dad comes home and is like hey what happened to my wife and she's like oh she was evil she was burned to death by this lamp and he's like oh okay sweet. she got baba yaga yeah and then the young woman ends up marrying the russian czar in oh. the story so in that story she's kind of helpful so she was a 13 year old that got married dude <laughs> i mean dude it sure. still happens today whether you want to admit it or not yeah. it happens but um I think Baba Yaga was meant as kind of like a cautionary tale for children to not go into the too deep into the woods. Because, I yeah. mean, all you got to do is trip, sprain your ankle, and you're dead. Yeah. So, like, you can survive it, yeah, but it still will be an ordeal. I think that's what she was. She's very she's very weird, and she's, and she's been around for forever. I found that they had, like, these wooden planks from, like, 1200, 1600 of, that depicted her, like— fucking with some politician that mm. was around at the time oh. <laughs> so it was a political cartoon yeah, yeah she was a part of so that was my first story i got a another interesting one we're going a little bit a little bit more east and then i'll let you take it from then i'll let you take the, the next one thank you this one's called kuchisake ona aka the slit mouth woman this is a <laughs> japanese sounds like a tinder date <laughs> <laughs> 
Sounds like she could have a successful podcast. <laughs> 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 it's a uh, it's a Japanese folktale about a woman who was mutilated in life. I've heard two different stories. One was she was an adulterous wife of a samurai who punished her by, you know, slicing her face. Mm-hmm. Get out of my house. That kind of thing. Um, others say she was being disfigured in a medical procedure. I think just the story's been around for so long it got adapted into yeah. a more recent thing because there's not a lot of samurai. Yeah, it, when a story becomes that long or that old, it just becomes it warps, updated. It, it just warps so it's with the new generations, yeah. Um, either way, <laughs> she became a vengeful spirit, like a revenant. I be, and I'm probably butchering this, but in... Japanese is called an onryo? Onryo? There was an accent mark that I can't find on my keyboard, so I don't know well, if I'm... Based on pronunciation, because I'm an expert, <laughs> um, it's not, I think onryo is like... Oh, uh, okay. how it's pronounced. I'm sure somebody will reach out to us and correct us. So yep. <laughs> now she stalks the streets of Japan with a cloth, cloth mask, like the one we got to wear when we go out in public now. And a cutting weapon of some sort. Some say it's a machete. Don't know where she hides it. Sometimes, sometimes it's like a sharp pair of scissors. If you encounter her, she'll ask you two questions. The first is, am I pretty? If you respond no, she kills you. Hmm. If you respond yes, she will take off her mask, showing her hideous disfigurement, and then ask you a second question. Even now? If you respond no or scream in terror, she kills you. If you respond yes, she slits your mouth to look like hers. So best case scenario, just you just leave with a scar. It's not the best case scenario. I'm gonna tell you if you ever run into a, this, okay, if you, in your travels, um, the way to survive it is when you first encounter her. Skull when she walk. asks your first question, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> no, she oh. seems kind of nibbly. She doesn't have a lot of lips no. left. <laughs> Got pretty mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so when she asks her first question, "Am I pretty?" You can look at her and go, "Eh, you're okay." That'll distract her, and you can run away. Another survival method is to throw hard candy or money at her. So she'll be like, am I pretty? And you go, <laughs> throw your handful of change, and then run, and then book it. Wow. That and will work so well in today, like during this coronavirus era that we're in. Yeah, right? <laughs> just go to Japan with Fan Fans and start saying, Start throwing butterscotch yeah. candies at everybody. <laughs> Finally got dinner. He <laughs> cut through the lines. Uh, and the third way that you can get rid of her that's apparently foolproof is you look at her and you say, pomade, pomade, pomade. I don't know why hair grease makes her go I was away. say the hair, the hair gel? Yeah. I'm a dapper dad, man. <laughs> Damn it. I won't fop. Oh, great film. Love that movie. So if you ever, if you guys are in your travels and you run into a slip mouth woman, say pomade three times. It doesn't say you have to click any ruby slippers or anything, but apparently she either disappears or becomes bored with you. I don't know. I, I don't get that. I, w- I would just say the three pomade, 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 and then just start just whipping right? the candy. Like, <laughs> like could you do the, <laughs> the evil dead thing where you're like, <laughs> jack her in the face <laughs> and then take off running? Just distract her really easily? This is my boomstick. <laughs> or maybe you could take her out to tea. Maybe she's interesting. I mean, she has a story to tell. She definitely does. Maybe that's just one thing nobody's ever tried. Where she's like, "Am I pretty?" You know what? I don't know yet. Maybe you have a good personality. Would you like it. to go to Starbucks? And then she'll be like, <gasps> and then you can hop on your subway or whatever the hell else you got to do. I was gonna say, if you went to Starbucks, <laughs> then I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom afterwards. <laughs> Jesus, I'm never. She'll gonna be definitely alive. leave you alone <laughs> then. <laughs> Have to warn you, it makes my stomach a little bubbly. And then she's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> You've obviously got enough problems. 
Don't I ever. <laughs> Don't I ever. Um, okay, well. I'm kind of still laughing that you thought Australia was in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very on brand with my stupidity. Oh, so, um, Good thing this isn't called <laughs> Geography Fury. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. We're just as smart. Come oh, on. my God. Uh, all right. So, like, yeah, like I said earlier, I'm Italian. Almost 100% Italian based on my Nobody's 100%. DNA test. Nobody's 100%. Wait, you took a DNA test. Turns out you're almost I'm 100% a, uh, per- the, per- Italian? Percent Italian? Yes. Cool. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have a bunch of, like most old, older countries, there's a lot of superstitions. Tons of them, dude. You just got done talking about a couple of them. Tons of them. Um, some of the superstitions that we have in Italy um is there's a couple with like something's like in america mm-hmm. um what we view as a lucky number is actually an unlucky number for them yeah and vice versa like the l- number 13 in italy is actually a very uh lucky number i think that's basically everywhere else except here i think the number four is bad in Asia? Yeah, well, Four or the seven. reason why number 13 is lucky because it's a s- the associated number for the goddess of fertility. Ooh. Yeah. So is that like the number of nipples she also had? also controls the lunar cycles. Italy loves the moon. Like, that's their main god is the moon goddess. Um, I didn't know that. Everything with good luck because it has to do with fertility, crops, you know. All with the different cycles yeah, of life and rebirth. Okay. Um. And, like, uh, number 17 is the number you're like, fuck you, get away. I can barely count that high in one breath. <laughs> no. Uh, mainly because that's the reason why that's unlucky is <laughs> this is where it cuts a little bit of a stretch. Um, so 17 is spe- written as, in Roman numerals, XVII. Yep, okay. Which can be rearranged to spell the Latin word vixi, which translates to I have lived. Okay. Uh, using those words uh, or referencing that to is basically you're considering tempting death because you said, hey, I lived. Like, I'm good. <laughs> okay. So it's just always like you just don't like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> it's a little number 23 which for me. Which would have <laughs> been like I was basically born the day after, so I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You know, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, another thing, it was Woof. like uh, how here in America we knock on wood for good luck. Yeah. For good measure and everything. In Italy, is knock on iron. Or a lot of times they'll have a steel or an iron nail in mm-hmm. their pocket. They okay. Keep in their pocket. It's basically like it goes back biblical because it's like one of the nails from the cross. Oh. That, so it's that kind of like good luck charm. Um, and then like, you know, of course the spilled salt or olive mm-hmm. oil is considered bad luck if you spill it. So salt over the shoulder. Um, why olive oil though? Uh, with olive oil, it is basically, is it cause it's hard to clean up? Cause it's a bitch to clean up. I yeah. spilled it before. <laughs> it's just bad. Like, cause it was such a, like, like a luxury item, luxury item. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, got it. In ancient times, they considered it foolish to spill such an expensive commodity. That um, makes so sense. when if you spilled oil, it was bad luck, and you're supposed to rub it on behind your ears. Oh, yeah, I never did that. Never heard that one, but 
obviously I've heard of the salt. So yeah, the salt. Everybody knows that's the salt been translated thing. everywhere. Yeah. Um, one, the last ones is uh, to never wish good luck to somebody, and that kind of trans segues into this other thing. Okay. So the Italians, they don't want you to wish someone good luck because if you do, it's like um, that's why like the term bricolade like kind of comes from. You so don't you want to wish somebody bad so something good happens to them? Yeah, basically, okay. like, if you do good luck or if you, like, uh, promote, like, how good you're, you're, going, you're doing in life, mm-hmm. um, you get something that's called the evil eye. Oh. And the evil eye shows up in other cultures as well. I think I've heard of um, it Basically, the evil eye is a curse that's given, typically it's from other fam- like family members that <laughs> give, gives it... <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's basically like it's so dumb. I don't know. It seems super Italian to me. Yeah, where everybody's and like it's just basically <laughs> like that you um, say like, "Oh, I'm pregnant," and there's like a single relative that's still has not pregnant. So you basically they'll give you the evil eye, and then bad luck happens. There's been like accounts of people saying like, "Oh, I've talked about how I got this job," and then. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of the blue, I lost the job, broke up with my boyfriend, and like everything was just going wrong, going around. And then like the mother of this girl is like, "You got the evil eye on you," and so they basically to counteract that, they uh, I don't know if you ever seen uh, more traditional Italians will have uh, a gold horn. Never seen it. It looks like a chili pepper. It's on. It's like a medallion. Um. Maybe I have seen it. It's usually gold, silver, but it's basically a, it's a one horn. Okay. And that's supposed to represent s- the steer. Okay. Be- which is the um, the animal of choice. Not I shouldn't say it, the spiritual animal. Oh, okay. Of <laughs> <laughs> didn't know where I was going from there. Uh, the spiritual animal of Luna, the, the lunar goddess. Okay. So hence. Fertility and everything's like good luck charm. They're supposed to ward off any evil eye, protect them. The other thing is called uh, the fig hand. The fig hand. Yeah, like uh, Newtons. Yeah, okay. like fig Newtons. But it's in Italian. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong because I never heard it. The Italian phrase for it out loud. Uh, the manofico. Manofico. Okay, that yeah. sounds Italian to me. Yeah. Um. We have a friend that's probably going to be like, you idiot, it's pronounced <laughs> this. <laughs> you stupid motherfucker. So basically, why it's called the fake hand is so. <laughs> okay. Is the, f- you, the, the medallion is basically a fist or like they'll wave it in your hand. Like okay. wave it in the air. It's a fist. Okay. Does it depend what hand? Does the hand no, matter? No, it's just okay. whatever. It's the f- basically the fist represents the fig. And then you stick your thumb in between your two, uh, your pointer finger and your middle finger, like the got your nose kind of thing. Yeah, the got your nose type of thing. Okay, and that's supposed to civil symbolize fertility. The fig is supposed to symbolize the vagina. Oh, and the so then what is this is thumb is? The, oh. Yeah, the thumb is. <laughs> Look at that. The penis. Look at that. <laughs> and so basically, that's what it's up. So you could say. You're waving the vagina hand. <laughs> so, so wait, you're t- you're telling me the way to get rid of the evil eye is to make a dick out of your hand and wave it at it, and it leaves you alone. Just symbolize like someone's having sex. Like, 
Oh, hey, look away. It's uncouth for you to look. Sorry. I'll be I'll be back. Oh, no, a horn. I was going to curse you, but this vagina was thrown in my face. I don't know what else to do. I don't know, man. I get confused by the vaginas. That's so funny. So, yeah. I mean, like, there's just so many things. There's other things that's for good luck, like the horseshoe. Yeah. Um, Some people, like, I think it's called, like, um, lucky hand root, or there's like a coin that, um, that's supposed to be like, that's your good luck charm, something yeah. like that. There's many iterations of it, but the main yeah. ones are like some even have like a medallion that's like the devil's horn almost. Okay, looking like if you're doing like like yeah like look between it and mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of like you know, wave that. That's like your the space of the horns of the steer. To go back oh, to the oh yeah. okay got it like hey watch out Luna will get you yeah I get it so like I get it there's I mean like there's some interesting things that I did like I didn't know about there I mean I don't really know a lot about my yeah. heritage as yeah. most Americans do I know more than most Americans probably of their own heritage right mainly because most Americans are mutts yeah um and it's rare to be actually a that dominant of one culture yeah. Uh, so, uh, some of the things that I also found that the town that my, uh, or province, I should say, that my family, my ancestors are from is, um, Calabria. Calabria? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I pronounce it right. Yeah. And the province of there is, like, pretty interesting. So, <coughs> Calabria is the name of the town, or is it, like, the, the city province. state? That's like the that'd be like the Illinois, yeah, of yeah, Italy, uh, yeah, more or less, yeah, in a bigger sense that okay, like a province in Italy, it's like the equivalent of like saying the Midwest. Okay, so it's yeah. more like Canada, where like Alberta's the provi- yeah, province, yeah, there's all and their it's, different you know, city, a lot of different cities, but it's pretty pretty big. Okay, and Calabria is like, um, I want to say it's the toe. Or it's the soccer ball. No, I think it's the toe. Or it's it's basically the, the, boot? Sh- the, the boot. Yeah, of the boot. Um, so it's close to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> um, so the, one of the things that are interesting is that that town is really, like, just stuck in a time warp. Like, there's certain parts of Calabria that speak um i'm trying to find it um on the article that i was reading do, 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 do. do they speak like an old language or something yeah there's like they speak um oh crap what are they like it? one of the forgotten tribes of amazon ancient but greek. On that's what it was oh they speak ancient greek they're like the one of the, there's only like two thousand of people and only where else in the world that still speaks ancient greek holy moly and that's how like how untouched it really was at some parts of this part uh, part of Italy, or like there's like other parts that speak Albanian, which makes no sense. Interesting. Yeah, um, I'm not that good that far east. Italy's about as good as I get when mm-hmm. it comes to geography for um, Europe. I don't know where Albania is. I'm assuming it's probably across the the ocean or something like that. Right. That's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming so, but you know, assume this so. is the wrong person to talk to about geography, as yeah, you just absolutely. realized. Absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, like there's like people who s- they speak. Last time someone spoke ancient Greek was like 16th century before that. Like really? Besides this town, yeah, it's like really crazy. Like in the 16th century, there was more than 20 countries that spoke ancient Greek. Now there's 5,000 people. In five <laughs> and two thousand of them are your relatives. Yeah, it's something that yeah, and That's they have like nuts. they have like certain things. They like they have uh, I think I forget what the tradition is called, but it's like they uh, heavy religious type of thing side of it. They're very religious, where other parts of Italy are kind of into the witchcraft still. Okay, got um, it. Because hence why the fake hand and the curse and stuff yeah. like that. Um. Which brings me to actually this one thing in <laughs> Tuscany. Okay. Uh, this is one I know thing. that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go do that. Do that, and then you can kind of if you have anything else. I got two more things. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll jump. Things. Finish this one, then I'll let you jump back in, and then I got one more after that. Coolio. Um, there's a mountain in Tuscany, and it's called the um, Witch Mountain, I think, or something like that. Oh no, Witches of Monte Montana. Or Montana. Montana? Yeah, sure. Why not? The Witches of the Mountain? Is that what that translates to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so there is this back in, way back in ancient time, supposedly witches went there to do all their rituals and their sacrifices. Dance naked in the woods? Dancing in the woods naked. Oh. I know. <laughs> right? I mean, a lot of bug bites, but I'd be down. <laughs> Um, and to this day, like people say, they see like a trail of fire, cause like from the mountains, or light, and so that's usually an indication of like the witches they're traveling up to the to the mountain to do oh, rituals. Oh, like they're still supposed to be there. They're still supposedly there. So no one's ever proven it, but it's supposedly there. And or is it like just a witch meeting place? Who knows? Could be, could be one of the. Yeah. That's still really, and really like cool. Like the funny, like the crazy thing is like, the mountain that these, this is all happening is a very hikeable mountain, so a lot of tourists go through this mountain. Heavy foot traffic. Heavy foot traffic. Heavy foot traffic. Heavy foot traffic. Um, who this twisted T is getting <laughs> to me? Um. So, but there's like a big slab stone that looks like it would be an altar. It's, like, gigantic, like, mm-hmm. 10 feet by 10 feet, like, you know, like, huge, <laughs> like, flat. The hat would hold a lot of sacrifices. I know. <laughs> um, and But the big thing that brings people there is that there's a legend mm-hmm. that the witches left all their worldly possessions somewhere in this mountain. Sweet. And people s- sometimes go in search of this but there's a there's a warning because there's something guarding of the mountain. course there is yep. of yep. course there so is the uh it is described as like a like an apparition or like a hooded figure that's carrying a scythe death basically death death guards the mountain yeah you can keep that shit <laughs> you can keep it and like <sighs> just pretend like if they catch you like he like some people say that like he roams the mountain like the apparition guards it and like he shoes people like, hey, get out of yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, uh, trail closes at dusk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Are he'd you be here speaking for the Italian. Five o'clock meeting. <laughs> yeah. 
What's your name? Reservation? <laughs> no, um, go please. <laughs> I will kill you. I will kill you. I have a scythe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that was pretty cool. <laughs> Which is funny because Tuscany is such a like is a very touristy town. Yeah. A lot of Italy's like that. Yeah. So yeah, what uh what, you had So I else? got one more folktale and then like a weird thing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. So this last folktale I have is called La Pisadera. Um, I believe it's a Brazilian. Sure. Yeah, is Bra- let's let's go with Brazilian. I could be wrong. It's definitely south. <laughs> it translates to she who steps. She's described as being bone skinny, having long yellow fingernails, short legs, a hawkish nose, shaggy, wet, matted black hair, red evil eyes, and green teeth. And also has like a distended stomach. Oh, like she's a scene girl. She's she's what? A scene girl. I don't know what a scene girl is. Oh, buddy. <laughs> it's a scene girl is basically... It's nothing to do with it. It's basically like a girl that like follows whatever the popular most popular trend is. Like oh. when at the time that was like the thing that you would call a girl that said she was into heavy metal music or hardcore music. Got it. But only and dressed up the way because it was they want she wanted to be part of the like the crew. Got it. But never actually listened to them. I don't know how many of those had red evil eyes and green teeth. Ooh, you've but never been to a hardcore show. You're right, I haven't. So all right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so what she does, and this is kind of creepy, she lives on rooftops looking in people's windows, and she'll just stare at people while they're eating dinner she, because she wants to wait to see people who go to bed with full stomachs, like, I guess, stuff themselves. Not oh. necessarily like, hey, I'm content. Like, I just, I think she like goes at, type. Yeah, I think okay. she goes after people who eat, like, three pies after dinner and then go Shit. to sleep. I'm in trouble. That's, that, that's my assumption. Then what she does, once the victim falls asleep in their contented stupor from eating so much, La Pisadera comes in through the window and sits on their chest, Who goes into the, and they go into a comatose state. Till they fart? or No, like that's how she gets, Okay, that's how they get, she gets the energy. She just like basically the, like they wake up. paralyze yeah, they, them. Yeah, they can't wake up. They wake up, they're, f- they, they're scared, yeah. and she like feeds off their fear. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds more similar to sleep paralysis. Okay. That's something I've suffered from before. R- right. So I found a very strange occurrence, which Wes Craven used as inspiration for Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. It happened to a group of Laotian immigrants called the Hmong. They helped us out during the Vietnam War, and they didn't want any reprisals from our withdrawal in Vietnam. Okay. So the... Um, after Vietnam was over, eventually they came over, and I believe this this occurred in the summer of 1981. Thirteen Hmong men died in their sleep. The oldest was 33. So these are young, fit people just dying in their sleep. Yeah. So the story was all the same. The men were, like, shaking, they're sweating, and then they'd cry out while sleeping and then die. Like, we got this from some one of the victim's wives who, like, was trying to wake her husband up, couldn't. He screams out one final time, and then he's dead. That's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, just dead. So what? Um, there's a belief among the Laotian immigrants, the Hmong, that um, 
they're always under attack from bad spirits. And the only way that you can stop that is you have to do complete these rituals that only a shaman can do. So their thought was since they left the homeland, they were easier to get from the spirits by the evil spirits who followed them because they couldn't find a shaman to complete the rituals every so often. Huh. So the, the, the premise behind it is the shaman asked the ancestors to protect them from the evil spirits. Since the shaman couldn't do that, the evil spirits got them. And then it only happened to those 13 people that I read about, and then it never happened again. That's it's crazy, right? Crazy, yeah. So um, some contributing factors about this, because this sounds very creepy, but usually there's a scientific explanation for it, like we talked about in the ghost hunting episode. Yeah, So it's I acid reflux. No, I oh. found some contributing factors. I didn't find them. Somebody else wrote an article <laughs> okay. about them. So Hmong people, they, uh, for their religion, are allowed to get autopsies. Uh-huh. So nobody could cut them open and look at them or whatever. So um, I found an article, and I kind of skimmed it. What the doctor guessed, because, again, you can't do the autopsies, but he found out that in that particular area where they came from, a lot of the males suffer from enlarged hearts. Oh. So the stress of the nightmares that they were experiencing and all the stress from moving to a new country, from the old country, they couldn't complete the rituals, overloaded their enlarged hearts and killed them interesting so they had a they had a birth defect that obviously at the time they couldn't catch that kind of shit well yeah because they couldn't get the autopsies or anything like that and i I, the the title of the article was like when placebo effects kill so like they believed it so much Mm. that it affected them so bad so they died in their dreams yeah Yeah. they died from a nightmare in their dreams and their hearts exploded (laughs) which then Wes craven turned into nightmare on elm street which is a bunch of teenagers getting killed in their sleep which is very frightening. Yeah. Yeah. That is fair. That's interesting. Bad I didn't know that's of vengeance. where you got it from. Yeah. That's what the article said. It could not be true, but I think that's really, really It's cool. on the internet. It has to be true. It has to be true. God. And it, I didn't get it from Wikipedia. It wasn't from, you know, uh, Infowars. So, you know, it could be true. It could be false. You, know, you, you never know. know. You never know. You never know. You never know. Because uh, Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984, so it's within that time period. You know, like uh, it happened yeah, in 1981. Yeah. That came out in 1984. It's very true. You know, could be, could be. While you look up, uh, there's this um, house in Venice, Italy. Okay, that's um, the one with all the water, right? With all the canals. Yeah. 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 Okay. The city that's slowly going underwater. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's a house in there that has never been sold, and the 500 year old home that's never been sold. Venice is a hot spot for real estate. People, ri- okay. I mean, they sell for millions of dollars because it's the romanticism. Everything's waterfront property. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you're like, you're always on like, you know, the boats and everything. Just, it's very, it's a very romantic city. Yeah. Um, Got a little cool fact about yeah. Venice that I saw. So ever since, you know, you have to quarantine from this pandemic, mm-hmm. the canals were really, really dirty. And then people had to quarantine. They became clean and there were dolphins swimming through Venice. <laughs> that's saw, so like, cool right that's the one thing that's like that makes you feel like huh earth can really go like we're like fix itself if we s- just didn't do anything it's like wait daniel are we the problem yeah. <laughs> huh <laughs> i imagine was right because i think um la had a similar thing with like uh the toxic pollution from all the cars like everybody was quarantined and it yeah. went back to like pre-1980 numbers mm-hmm. there's this uh, town in India 
where like before once they everyone got quarantined people were able to see the mountains mm-hmm. from their houses and they haven't seen that since like since like the same thing like since the, yeah since the cars were like introduced there yeah you know? and i think shanghai had another they uh, shanghai i believe is is that shanghai yeah where people who live in the city can vacuum the air mm. and stuff will be in their vacuum that cleared up while everybody was inside oh so i mean sounds like we're the problem or maybe cars are the problem yeah, well yeah we maybe we should go back to being witches with friendly death silhouettes protecting yeah. us. <laughs> Who Carl, knows? Come on. Maybe they were right. Finally, somebody to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't just after my treasure? <sighs> Finally, someone to go to the happy hour with me. <laughs> so, to go back to this. All right, uh, sorry, I digressed from yeah. the Venice stuff. We, been, we were doing real good this episode. We haven't really gotten off track. I know. Besides your Australia comment. <laughs> <laughs> the day it's still young. <laughs> Uh, so to go back to this uh, Venice house, so this Let's house was, uh, is is a five hundred year old home. That's old. Ever since I think like the early nineties or uh, hold on, yeah, early nineties. Uh, no, two thousand two. Okay. Was the last time someone's owned this home. That's still a long time, dude. Still a long time still to a long own a time. home that's on Venice. That's unheard of. So when the, it's also known as Cadario. Cadario. Yeah. C A with a little apostrophe and Dario. Got it. Yeah. Um, is a host of unlucky victims, including the rich and famous, um, that people who have owned the building, they stayed there for more than 20 days and have died. What? Uh, committed murder or became bankrupt. Like all, like misfortune has followed this home every Every chance it can get. So that house is the evil eye. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been dubbed the house that kills. So th- back Ooh, in 1479, okay. an aristocrat named of Giovanni Dario. Okay. Um, his daughter Mariette and her husband Vincenzo, who later inherited the house, um, they all were in the home. Mm-hmm. Vincenzo was stabbed to death. What? <laughs> and the daughter of the original owner died uh, by suicide in the Grand Canal not long after. He was, he the, was her killed. husband was her killed. Her husband was killed. Then shortly after the tragedies, their son, Vincenzo Jr., was killed by a Crete assassin. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where's this movie? <laughs> what? Were they involved with the mob? Like, I, d- I, I mean, don't mean that, like, just because they're Italian, but, so like, yeah. He had enemies. Somebody he off. had enemies. Okay. Uh, but still, that's a lot of bad yeah. luck to follow so one family. Then after that, they claimed it claimed another victim when a British scientist uh, of name Randome Brown became its owner. And after, after having the house for only four years, he suffered financial difficulties and his romantic relationship with, an, with another man was discovered. That's a big no-no. Yeah, and that was in uh, 1842. So that was a big no-no. That was a big no-no. Uh, so the scandal affected him so much that in 1842 he died by suicide. Jeez. And uh, the place, the palace with his, oh no, in the palace with his partner. So it was a double suicide. Uh, some speculate that they were, it was a murder-suicide. 
Oh, okay. Um, like he killed his lover and then it, mm-hmm. then he killed himself. Yeah, something like that. Okay, something of that nature. Okay, so they wouldn't have to deal with the. the they fallout. probably felt like they were going to be killed or bludgeoned since because they, they were broke too, right? Because yeah. they yeah. they had no money mm-hmm. and nobody was going to hire a gay scientist or exactly. whatever he was. I'm sorry. Cut oh, to God. Um, an American millionaire. Okay. His name was Charles Briggs. Uh, met a similar end after he was purchased. He purchased the place. Um, he was accused of being gay and fled to Mexico, where his lover died by suicide. So he was gay. Yeah, he was accused of being gay. Okay, but his lover they didn't say say that he was like gay or not. But whoever was his lover died by suicide. Uh, and then it just became Whoa. empty for a while after that till it finally went into the 20th century in 1964 where this world-famous operatic tenor, Mario Del Monaco, okay. uh, entered negotiations to buy the property. However, on the way to Venice to sign the contract, he was involved in a serious car accident that made him rethink his decision by, to buy the building. Then you cut to a little bit, a couple a little further in 1970, the Count of Turin, uh, Turin Filippo Corridano del Lanze brought, bought the, the place. That's mouthful. I know. That's his <laughs> name. Um, was murdered by his lover, Raul Blaschek, who later died a violent death after fleeing to London. Then okay. The I, I got a question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but why do gay dudes keep buying this house I, if I they s- end up dead? I don't know. I Either by like murder-suicide or their lovers die, like, or they get killed by I, their lovers. I, it's a very it's very interesting that most of the people that have purchased this ha- were, you know, gay or something. That's a very interesting coincidence. Yeah, right. Um, but I mean, the original owners weren't. Yeah. Mm. Um, then after that, the Kit Lambert, who was the manager of the Who, for real? Yeah. Uh, he bought the place, the palace, I guess. Um. But he said that he used it to stay in a hotel nearby to escape many ghosts he claimed infested the house. So he actually bought it, but never really stayed there. He just owned the property. Then in the 80s, the Venetian Venetian businessman, uh, his name, I'm going to butcher this one too, uh, Fabrizio Ferrari, um, bought the house and moved there with his sister, Nicoletta. He later lost all his assets, and his sister died in a car crash. Guys, stop then moving a, into the house. <laughs> then, a decade later, a financier bought the place amid uh, aiming to give it to his daughter. But after a series of economic setbacks and scandal, he died by suicide in 1993. Guys, stop buying the house. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose your money. You're going to die. Somebody's going to stab you. People you love are going to die. Stop buying the house. Let the government have it and use it for tours. I know. So the last known person to have shown interest in it was um, nationally known sex offender or just weird guy, Woody Allen. Woody, oh, Right? He was yeah. a, is he a pedophile or is he a He yeah, like he married a thirteen year old girl he groomed and then fled. Was that Woody Allen who did that? I don't know. 
It was some director. It was something bad. He did something, whatever. He considered buying it, and then he started reading all the things that happened. It didn't change his mind. So ever since then. Good on him. Yeah, Good on him, man. Only smart decision he's made. Jeez. Um, so after that, it, it's just been, uh, just since 2002, it's been just abandoned. Whose original bass player, John Elswilsel, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He sure. suffered a heart attack a week after renting the place. Then they be- they believe that it's cursed from the fact that the building was constructed over an old Templar cemetery. Bro, which what? due to settling and foundation makes the structure visibly tilt to the right, which is a bad luck thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that tilting, it tilting to the right is actually bad luck or something. Isn't doesn't the Leaning Tower of Pisa tilt right or does it tilt left? Not that it matters. It depends that on just how you look at it. Yeah, I guess. So, <laughs> so maybe, and I'm just this is pure conjecture here. Maybe the people who buy the house eventually find like the the sub basement or whatever, and okay. it's like that scene in the Last Crusade where it's mm-hmm. the old guy and he goes, "Choose the cup of Christ," and they never choose correctly. No, maybe that's what it is. I mean, you're probably right. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like that that um the first guy with the murder suicide he comes home finds his shriveled up lover who's a skull, and then he sh- he kills himself. Yeah, I mean that could be that could be. It could be. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know, man. Or like, it's a lot of coincidence. Yeah, that's, things that that's happen a lot of consecutively. That would be like. Now, granted, it's not telling me if there was people that owned the house beforehand that didn't receive any of that crap and they just yeah. sold it. But there is a staggering amount of, of car accidents, yeah, heart attacks, death, bad things that happen to people that happen to own that palace. That's. That's crazy. So, uh, suppo- uh, uh, and you said the the um, the manager for the Who saw the ghosts, yeah, which is why he never the, stayed at the, it. The, the old, the original manager of the Who. That's crazy. Did he say what kind of ghosts they were? Like, were no, they? No, he, uh, he just said ghost? there was this ghost infested. One could speculate that it's the ghost of all the people that have died prior. You could know, be. in the house or all the Templars. Yeah, could they be. got they got did dirty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got did real dirty. Man, that ooh. ooh. So you have one more? That's freaky. No, I'm I the the Hmong thing was my last thing. Oh, okay. But sh- those are yeah. two s- creepy things. I man. mean, it's pretty interesting cuz like folklore really at its core is it's mostly cautionary tales. It's cautionary tales, things that your parents, your mother would tell tell you to right. basically make sure you kept yourself in line. Right. That's why like you don't get sit your, close to the TV or go blind. You're yeah. um like all the like um, Hansel and Gretel, you know, the uh, we don't Red want Riding yeah. Hood, that we kind don't of want stuff. kids getting lost in the woods again. So we're gonna make up this this giant giant monster, monster that's yeah, in that there to them. keep them from getting away from the store. So they're always in our line of sight. Yeah, something like, hey, don't go in there, Baba Yaga will get you. Mm-hmm. My dad used to do stuff like that. Like, like remember, our like, football coach said that don't go into the creek because there's an alligator. Yeah, we're in Illinois. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like. Like, we had a friend growing up, you know, her mom would come, like, when it's time to, like, go home. Oh, she was it's like, the witching it's the hour. witching hour. Yep. Boy, it's true. It's the witching it's hour. It's the witching hour. And I'm not turning on the air conditioning. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I didn't 90 know, degrees I didn't, outside yeah. and the air conditioning is turned off. I didn't know that knee pits could sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot. Ooh. Yeah, right? And you were just doing nothing? Yeah. Drenched? <laughs> 
gosh. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. Uh, what do you want to talk about next week? Next week, I don't... Hmm. I, I mean, I, I threw this out there last time. Like, crazy, badass women from history, I think, would be cool. We could do that. We I know you that. said you were talking about uh, in one of the previous recordings, not knowing if that's even going to be released in order or not, um, about the female pirate. And I just yep. recently saw a thing about about pirates that I could talk about. It's actually about the sunken pirate city Ooh. in Jamaica. That's off of Jamaica. What? Dude, yeah. spoilers. Don't I mean, I will tell you about that. I mean, that leave them. Wa- leave so them let's talk more. about that. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about pirates. pirates. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. <laughs> you want to do Kung Fu in the garage? I don't have a garage. It's got a car in it. I mean, I have a garage, but it's got a car in it. It's not a lot of room. We do it on my balcony. I mean, outside? We do it on my balcony. I'll fall off. No, you won't fall off. We'll just do a bunch of karate chops and we'll harvest the tomatoes. Okay, let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right, so that's, I'll, I'll, hey, that's that's it for this week. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, I'm Dan Grinnell. This has been also Jim Lovecheck. I'm Jim Lovecheck, and I just want to let you know Australia is a country and a continent. <laughs> Tune in next week for Stop more. Stop spreading <laughs> fake news. For more geographical facts. God <laughs> damn it. Nerd fury. We out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>